Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Come along, it's amateur. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Amateur Hour podcast, or welcome if it is your first time here. I am your host, yours truly, Denise, and I am so happy to be here today. I am currently running on very little sleep, but that doesn't mean we can't have a good time. So I'm super excited to be able to just tell you guys what's been going on these days and what I've been up to. We have always our little recap sesh in the beginning of our podcast. So I always have little things to tell you guys. My drink of choice today is just a good old green tea. I believe I've had matcha on the show before, but today is just a plain green tea that I'm having that I feel has been giving me a better version of caffeine than say coffee would because I believe I said I was trying to quit caffeine and Lord knows I'm trying. It's It's been a struggle. The ca- I've never been one to experience caffeine withdrawal like migraines. I don't really get those. I don't think I'm that bad. But I do notice like a sluggishness without the caffeine. So I've been trying to substitute it with more healthy versions of caffeine, which is, you know, endorphins in terms of working out, getting that good like serotonin, getting like the workout high, and uh, also just having like better forms like slow release, whether it's cold brew coffee or just my drink of choice today, good old green tea, which is just has so many great antioxidants. And it's just, I've never heard a bad thing about green tea. And you guys might be able to come back at me for that, be like, oh, this and this and that. It's just really good. So don't fight me on it. I'll be drinking it throughout the duration of this podcast. So for today, it is green tea and we are enjoying it. These days, I've been fiercely working on my EP. I actually today just did my profile pictures. I believe you would call them my profile picture photos for an updated one. Last time I did it, I had red hair. and That was a bold choice on my end. I look like Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts. If you're familiar, that is my favorite game of all time. But I'm back to like the brown hair right now. So I wanted to take a picture. It was I was wearing another suit. I just Suits are just kind of a thing. I feel like it's such a power move whenever I wear suits. I feel the most powerful when I wear suits. So for some people, it might be different types of clothing. But for me, it's just a suit. I feel like the most powerful. I watch a lot of Criminal Minds. So when I see um, Prentice, who's one of my favorite characters, when she's wearing a suit, it just inspires me. So I was wearing my suit and I also did my album cover photos for my EP, which was super fun and creative. And I wanted it to be a little more of a creative design more than feeling like it's an album cover with my face on it. I felt like the art would speak more otherwise. And there's little trinkets in between that you guys will hopefully be seeing very soon. Originally, I was hoping to have the EP out by um, November, but I think it would be out more closer to December due to distribution and other things that I'm working on to try and make it more available to you guys so you guys can hear it and listen to it because I know you guys have been eagerly waiting for so long. So I definitely want to make sure it's available on audio on as many platforms as I possibly can for you guys. So just ho- just uh, just hang tight a little bit longer and we're getting there. It's a process and I'm doing it all by myself. So it's been kind of crazy. It's 
for me, I've been working a lot on the music side, but I realize there's so much within the business side as well. So I've been a bit burnt out, but it's been all good and fun. I feel like I've learned a lot these days, which has been really nice, especially in terms of content creation and just figuring out how to get the music out there in general. For today's guest, I'm very excited to welcome in Matt King. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he is a content creator and you may know him actually from being a part of the Vlog Squad with David Dobrik or from Vine, which is where I know him from, the old app Vine that basically shaped my sense of humor and also from his three podcasts, not one, not two, but three. And he has the Unfiltered Podcast, Hoot and a Half, Dropouts. So these are amazing podcast that you can listen to as well if you're also interested in listening to more. And I am super excited to have him on the show more than anything because he is also a fellow Texan, which I have yet to have on this show. So it's super exciting. I'm ready to get into all the nitty gritty Texan things with him. So without further ado, let's welcome in Matt King. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the Amateur Hour podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much, Denise. It is a pleasure to be here and talking with you. I know that we have not met in person, but I'm already loving the vibes of what we're having right now. And thank me you so much for having too. me. I can feel the Texas oozing out of you. Yes, I know. I'm like, you know, I know that this is your podcast and your interview, but I was already so curious. I feel like I already want to interview you. So tell me as Texan to Texan, what's your whole connection to the state? My whole connection is... Where else is there to be, to be honest? I don't know. I've never met really like another Texan in the space before. Everyone's just kind of like Texas. They're like, oh, the big one. I'm like, yeah, but you know, there's so much more to it. There's so much flavor. Where in Texas did you grow up? I grew up in Carrollton, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, North Dallas, kind of near Plano. I always, but even though we're closer to Dallas than Plano, but Carrollton's like a bit of an older suburb. No one's that excited when you say that you're from Carrollton. They usually light up if you're like, oh, Plano or like North Dallas or anything like that. But yeah, that's where I'm from. Where are you from? I see. I'm a Houston girl, but I live from the suburbs. So um, I lived in the outskirts of Houston. So I was allowed to pop fireworks for 4th of July. So it was quite nice. The suburbs are great. <laughs> which, which, but which suburb like exactly? I know... Texas like geography pretty well. Oh, uh, so. so there's like Harris County if you want to talk counties, and there's Cypress. So I lived up near there. Yeah. So there's I lived. Like, well, there's like, there's like five different Cypresses. There's like I know the high schools: Cypress Bridge, Cypress Creek, Cypress Falls, all of those. Falls. <laughs> yeah. They had the names for them, and I didn't go to any because I was online schooled. But you know, I like to imagine that I. So I like grew up in Texas, like born and raised, but then I've been back and forth in Korea for about 10 years. So my childhood, I would say, was mostly in Texas. And I can't really say I would have spent it anywhere else. So I'm very glad to meet someone who's as passionate about it as I am. I was coined the the Texas girl for a while. And honestly, I stick with it. I Our, our audience, um, especially our unfiltered audience, I swear it's this ongoing joke in like, like basically a drinking game. It's like, oh, like take a shot every time Matt mentions Texas because and it's like I don't even do it intentionally. Just so much of my reference points to my life is bound to that state. Of course. And I can't help it. I, I, I love Texas and I and I miss it so much um, because, you know, I love living out here in LA, chasing the dream. And um, I couldn't do do it anywhere else. But like now I always feel like my life should have been in Texas. And every time I come back, I just feel like it's this, I don't know, ongoing FOMO or it's this party that's been going on that I have never been able to make it back to. But I have a lot of fondness to this day. But wow, what like, a, that's, that is so cool, though, that you like had your childhood, but then you were, you know, spending all this time in Korea, uh, Korea. And getting into like the pop space. I mean, it's you're like this like kind of like Hannah Montana. Like, oh, I was that's fascinating. Was there any like I don't know? Like, did you have to like keep your like American identity like a secret whenever you would get into K-pop, or was it like cool that you were like this like American Texan like you know deep down and back from home? Or... Actually, like they they called American swag a lot of the times like the grip that that word has. Whereas like. Thing is, okay, they called me, I was coined with the title Texas Swag because I would not shut up about how I was from Houston. 
And I would say H down, hold it down in every interview I did. And I would do the longhorn sign at every given moment. That's like my signature pose. So um, I was very much the embracing my American side and the fact that I'm from Texas. Because when I first came to Korea, I didn't speak a lick of Korean. I knew like very little words, but then um, I would just pick up from context clues. But after like some time and then, you know, they teach, they would teach me the language and stuff like that when I was training, I kind of got the hang of it. But now it's just, I kind of just sit with my American culture, but I just fully identify as Korean American. There's no one side or the other. Culturally, though, I would say I am very American. But you grew up in Texas and then um, were you just born, raised there? You grew up there your whole life? Yep. I uh, uh, grew up there. Yeah, my entire life. I mean, I was like born in Dallas, but immediately raised in Carrollton and then had a great little childhood in Carrollton. I didn't mind it. Uh, it was it was nice. I did a lot of uh, competitive like speech and debate and like, um, which is basically like performing arts. It's like competitive theater. And every weekend I would travel across the state of Texas competing at speech tournaments. Um performing like oral interpretation, which is basic cuttings of literature and stuff. And I love doing that. So that was like my performance outlet. But um, I didn't really want to make my whole life goal, like become a theater major, because I was still like a kid who wanted to have like a solid, uh, I don't know, just like big boy career. And I went to the University of Texas at Austin. Um, oh, yes, I love and I was so happy that I got in. I managed because I was like almost waitlisted. And then I got into the university because um, of how well I did in competitive speech. I won state and nationals in original oratory. And UT had one of the best speech teams in the entire like country. And I got in. And so I was on the speech team. While I was there at UT in Austin. And that was my dream because like I'd always looked up to that university, I would travel down there with my dad and my brother um, for like father-son trips. And I was just, as a child, I'm like, I'm going to go to the school. So I did that. But then and I was an advertising major while I was there. Um, but while I was there, you know, that app Vine started popping off. And I had always been really, like, I wasn't a huge, like, YouTube consumer, but I was very interested in social media because it's like, you know, when, like, you're always when you're you're never really like i don't know fully aware of the technology or the new wave that's happening in front of you while it's happening you know there was like the huge uh, dot com boom there was the huge boom with tv radio all back then it's like what is huge right now and i was always like it's social media but uh uh in the right when vine came out i was watching all these creators and i go you know what like i don't i mean i don't want to like have a huge a career on this but i think it's worth giving it a shot to see like how many followers i could get so goofed around on there and i got a bunch of followers and then what's the worst thing that could happen you say blows up <laughs> yeah i i really i really did not think it would get as big as it would um i because like so then i got signed with like a bit of like a talent network out in la and they were very encouraging they go hey if you're ever in LA, you can have access to a bunch of the studios, creators. And I said, all right. But then my parents were like, you still need a big boy job. Like, you can't just go out there, like, um, just thinking that money's going to be coming in. So I got a job at Apple's ad agency, Media Arts Lab, which was awesome because it was like, I was working like on iPhone 5 and like these big brand campaigns. And it was Apple. I was happy. Big boy job, real big boy job. Yeah, it, exactly. And I was so proud of it. But I was honestly the worst employee because because <laughs> when your phone is just like booming up with like followers and all that stuff, it is hard to pay attention and like client services and everything. But it was the perfect time in like the Internet and everything, because all of those creators were just moving out to L.A. And I remember like VidCon was happening. While oh, my I, gosh. Like, my I haven't heard of VidCon in so long. I know, and it, when it when it's your first VidCon and like stuff's popping off, you love it because you're meeting all of these creators who know you, you know them, they become your new best friends, and it was a really like precious time. So that's kind of the origin story, and then I quit all of that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's amazing. I thought it was really interesting because I remember actually, 
um I did my research at like a good like a good girl and I um remember I remember I've seen your name before so I was like why do I know this name and then I found your little um like profiles thing and I was like I found your vine and I was like the one you the love on top one I was like bro I remember watching this in middle school like whenever vine first became a thing and I was like this is insanity i was like so basically this man raised my childhood my entire middle school was based around this man so like genuinely thank you for that vine was a great era i'm not gonna lie denise it is an honor it really is that uh that i left that big of an imprint on your on your childhood yeah like the eight months that i went to middle school you basically raised it you raised us for that (laughs) over a six second video i is so crazy and silly um, and it's still wild because, like, even friends I ha- have uh, today that I've known for years sometimes will, like, realize that that video was me. And they're like, hold on a second. Time out. That's you this entire time. I've never known this. And I'm like, <laughs> it used to be really, really, like, bad. Everyone would be like, come on, Matt. Do it. Do it. Do it. And they would start filming me. And then, but lately now, it's kind of like, it really has died down. and. I, I just create this illusion in my head that it's still all about me when the song comes on. And my girlfriend's been like, Matt, chill out. Like, people have, like, kind of forgotten about that vine. No one's really <laughs> thinking that. Like, all right when I hear it at a bar, I immediately just go to the bathroom and just like, all right, I'll just see you later. Have my Bye. moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of your girlfriend, I believe she's now your fiancé. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. I just even misspoke it. I'm still not used to I, saying I know. I figured. But congratulations on that. I heard. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's um, It's been a really great uh, past few weeks being uh, newly engaged. I'm so just relieved that it's uh, that, that, that it's like over with. But it's been this like looming thing for the past, oh, I don't know, like mo- two months or so. Because originally I was supposed to propose to her in like mid-September and then I had appendicitis like the week of and I had to I had to delay everything I had this huge big weekend plan my parents were gonna meet us in Alabama I had family coming in there and I was at the Emmys had a terrible stomach ache went to the hospital and then they were like you have appendicitis and I'm like but but I'm gonna propose yeah um, this week and they go well you got to go with the plan b uh (laughs) so so I don't know. We made it work, but it was just this like a uh, huge ebb and flow. Uh, Did she know? She had a little uh, bit of suspicion. The, for the first weekend, no, she really didn't know. And then uh, days leading up to like my official proposal, she did kind of catch on, but I didn't mind. I liked it that she uh, had some suspicion because I don't know. Keep her on her toes. Why not? Yeah, it's hard uh, to hide things from people you love. You know what I mean? You're so excited sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, and then now we're getting into the whole, the the wedding. And and all of this, it's, I did not realize how many things go into a wedding. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. I like those flowers. Uh, I like that uh, invitation. That's good. We're done. And they goes, no, we need to figure out the band. We need to do like these napkins. Do you like... All of these little tiny things. If you need a wedding lovely. singer, let me know. Oh my gosh! I will sing totally love. I'll bring. I will resuscitate love on top for your wedding, <laughs> and you can have your moment. I maybe, but I probably won't even be on the dance floor. And after that, <laughs> he'll be in the back. Yeah. Um. And then now we're having. I was like having to watch. Uh, this earlier this morning before this call, I was watching videos of all these different types of wedding bands and i felt like i was just like on the x factor america's got talent i'm just like mm. it's a no for me what was um the transition then like i guess from moving to texas to la how was that for you in terms of um do you feel like your working in um public speaking and debate really helped you go into that transition or like how was it do you feel like there was a difference like with the southern hospitality and everything uh yes absolutely i always am a firm believer that there's a, like a little bit of Texas Southern hospitality that uh, that's kind of like your backbone that um, I think makes meeting friends and people and at the same time, just winning over strangers at the same time. Um, but the public speaking stuff, 
absolutely. And it's something that for me, like I'm, I know I'm not going to be like a hardcore sports dad and like trying to make my son become like the next quarterback and then like a pro NFL player. I, but I will be really onto my kids about make, making them take public speaking because regardless of that, becoming your professional career, it is transcendental into any type of activity you get into, whether that's you becoming a lawyer or a business person, learning how to just articulate your thoughts, communicate them clearly and be understood and proud of yourself and finding your voice, I think is really essential. So I think, yes, that did help when I moved out here as a creator in Los Angeles, because I sometimes think a lot of people are so comfortable online and putting out themselves. Um, and even though you're getting an audience and you're getting positive feedback for it, when you are finally that person, like in real life, sometimes people like shut down, like, or get really scared. I know some creators who are so, are even more comfortable than myself online. But when they are put like in a public setting, they just like, it's just, it's, it's so different from just being behind a camera. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think a lot of times, you know, creators aren't prepared for that. And it, it's hard to uh, think of ways of how do we address that? I don't think it's talked about enough on performing for the performing off the camera is just as a, as performing on the camera, because that's where you're going to show your true colors and you got to be friends with creators. And Sorry if I feel like I'm just ranting about it. No, it's okay. I love it. I think too, um, and it's also really important with like making friendships out Mm. here in Los Angeles too with other creators. Um, Because when you do find yourself having success online, one of the biggest things, you know, the whole industry tells you is like, you got to collab. You got to start collabing with other creators to get their followers and their interests and everything. And it sometimes comes to the point where it becomes a little transactional. And I always like tell the creators, like, keep your cool with like, when you're, if you feel like this is someone you want to be friends with, or also you want to like collab with. And if you want to just don't, I always say just hang out with somebody for the first time and then do a collab because same you you get like you'll get you it doesn't you feel even kind of dirty after like you just hung out with someone for like a whole two hours and you just felt like you just got kind of used and they went on yeah like i have to know the person before i do something with them it just always throws me but then it's just like i can't just throw myself into something like that because i'm a very personal person if that makes sense a connection based or i can do it through word of mouth like for example like for example this podcast with you i need a connection. I'm very bad at meeting people through the internet. Like I can't do that, which is why it's so hard in this day and age for me, because everyone's just like giving each other's numbers and meeting through text. And I'm, if I'm texting you, I'm meeting, I'm texting with the intention to meet in person. There's no purpose of me and you going back and forth asking, what did you do today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, then let's get coffee and talk about it. I get it because I'm long distance with like my family and a lot of other friends. And in that case, it's very helpful. But otherwise I'm kind of going... So when are we meeting? <laughs> yes, there's so much value in the IRL um, into just being a creator and keeping a sane, I don't know, space mentally, because that's what it all comes down to is us uh, nurturing our creativity and how we feel about ourselves and everyone around us. And I, and I, and I do admit, like, I did get really lucky with the um, the circle of friends that I fell into with, like, the vlog squad, yes. David Dobrik, and that whole circle. Because some creators I know out here are just like, it is them, and they are running the show with themselves, and they don't need other people around them. And it's the thing they don't need, but they don't have, too, just other people that they can incorporate into their content that helps the content do better, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I understand. <laughs> it's hard to bring like, in other audiences at that point. Yeah, yes. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging uh, avenue to go down. But I feel very fortunate um, to have been around the community that I have uh, now. Do you yeah. feel more comfortable, I would say, than being on like social media or just being like on, would you say, like, 
the podcast scene and like being there in the IRL kind of thing more so? I, that's a great question. Um, I definitely just thrived in the podcast realm of me just having a conversation with people. Like I never really uh, did vlogging um, and I'm not too like picking up my phone and just sharing everything that's on my mind, you know, face to phone. I need a vibe and environment to like speak my mind um, because that's just how I operate. I always had like a big fear of being like internet, like uh, uh, cuffed to committing to my audience that I'm going to put on a happy face and I'm going to upload a video every Tuesday and Friday for you guys of me vlogging my life. That to me, I was like, I can't do that because I know I'm going to have bad days. So I have to switch up what works for me. And that's me just having sit down conversations with my creative friends and us just shooting it out, you know? That No, I definitely understand that being in the podcasting has made me realize it just, it feels so much more natural to just have fun and have conversations and get to know people in a way. And people are, what I found was interesting is that they want to hear that from my end, which is kind of, whenever I first started the podcast, I was kind of going, they want to hear more about me and my life and everything and like hear about my guests or whatever. But I was kind of going, I don't understand why anyone would want me on a mic. But I see, I understand this sense of I had to grow a lot in public speaking as well. I think I would have been on a debate team if I had gone to actual like, there's not really a debate team you can go to on online school unless you kind of like just yell at it over each other on a call. But um, I would say that I would have been on a debate team. Like I love debate. I love being in heated conversations about stuff. I I trained myself in public speaking a lot because um, being from Texas, I realized I couldn't say y'all in every sentence and people would not understand me. So um, because of that, (laughs) it made things a little harder. But um, I definitely trained myself in public speaking. And I feel that that did help me learn how to communicate my thoughts better. And communication is key and not only um, being on the social media realm, because so many things can be taken out of context or whatever it is, but also in terms of like relations and people and knowing how to communicate yourself and how what it is that you want and feel. But how do you think that that um, do you do you feel like did you have like a passion for speech and debate when growing up? Or how did that start for you, actually? That's really, really interesting. Okay. I Well, one, first off, y'all needs to be normalized. It is See? okay to say y'all. It is you all. It is gender neutral. It just addresses everybody. It is okay to say. And if you have a problem with somebody saying y'all, then y- y'all, y'all can the go. Problem. Y'all I the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, y'all's problem. But okay. The public speaking thing I got into because at my high school, if you wanted to get into the theater program, they wanted you to be on the speech team, competitive speech, the acting, oral interpretation side. Because when you're doing public speaking, every round is basically like an audition. You go in, you're performing for about seven people, three judges, and you are getting ranked and critiqued and being told if you're going to move on later that afternoon. And having that as a practice as an actor is so important because life is an audition. And if you're going to be an actor, everything's an audition. And it boosts your sense of confidence, polishing, making choices. And then that within itself made us better actors whenever we would go back to class and work on our own production or whenever you would get cast in something in the school. So public speaking was something they just ingrained for all the theater kids to do because it made us better actors. But I ended up realizing I liked doing the public speaking thing more because I didn't have to worry about depending on everybody else. Like, I would say, like, I'm a team player, but, like, when you're having to work with 25 people to put on a play and everyone has to memorize their lines and learn dances and stuff, like, uh, I'd rather just put on a suit, focus on my own craft and do that. So that's how I got into the public speaking. Uh, So you were originally a theater kid. Yes, yes, pretty much. I was a bit of a, yeah. Totally it's okay. Kid. I'm not saying but, it as a bad thing. I'm like the awesome theater kid too. Yes, Denise, but I couldn't sing worth anything. <laughs> like, I could, I could have been a threat. I could have, I don't know. I could have won a Tony by now, but I couldn't carry a tune. I could like character sing. Like if I had like a character and carry so, like Hamilton, the entirety of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That that was like uh, my angle, um, but. I, yeah, I, yeah, I wish I, I wish I really could, could sing though. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um... I think that's great. I think it's very interesting to seeing how a lot of people who end up on social media or like are working within that realm. A lot of us, I guess, for considering me too now, considering I'm now a content creator, is um, a lot of us started out as theater kids, just kind of like singing in the mirror or whatever it is. And that's just kind of where it got us. I feel like also a lot of people I know take acting that I've seen so far. I had a couple guests on the podcast that were really shy or introverted, or I have also a lot of listeners that might be interested where. A lot of people who are interested in being more extroverted or learning more about themselves, they take a lot of acting lessons in order to do that. Where did you and do you know if there's um, maybe, I guess, tips that you think you could offer in terms of how to better communicate or connect with people? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, I definitely have done some acting and improv uh work is some moments in my career a little early on um and i totally think acting classes help and uh but at the same time acting in improv i like as an exercise you have to view it as like going to the gym sometimes i think people get a little in their heads thinking that oh by me taking this class is one step closer to me getting famous already if you're thinking like that you're going down eh, eh, a little bit of a wrong path you are doing this because you're mind, body, and soul need to tap and immerse itself into other characters. And within that, that's going to make you stronger on how you just handle your whole performance aura. And so, yes, I, I but I did improv. I hated performing it. And I loved it as an exercise um, because just when it's, because it's so good to come up with ideas when you're doing improv, because, because that is, how we come up with bits whenever we're thinking of something we want to do online. Um, just trusting your creativity on that. Um, so, but, you know, but sometimes classes can be really expensive. They can be very, very time consuming. And I think it's really hard to recommend what is the best approach. Um, if it didn't come down to taking an acting class or taking improv, I guess, it would just be, a, a, you just got to put out content and see what works. That's what I was doing with Vine, but it was never with the full intention that this is going to go viral. You have to have so many um, misses before one really sinks in. But it, it, you just got that play dates with your creativity. I think sometimes people think, oh, I have to make uh, a TikTok today. And it's like, okay, but before you even make that TikTok, why don't you just play with your, <laughs> as, not, as naughty as it sounds, play with yourself and see what comes out of you um, if you're just writing a bunch of ideas. Yeah, unfiltered, I, unscripted. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, and I don't think sometimes people are, you know, there's self-care. There's so, it's always good to have self-care, take care of uh, your mind and body and everything, but just your creativity. There's a little bit of self-care that comes with your creativity. And I think that's a important. I think it's really important. I did, um, like I said, I was a theater kid. Like I grew, I, I took acting classes growing up. And then I also did um, improv at Second City. So I think, oh, the wow. first, yeah, I did the whole shebang. I was that kid. Um, I basically realized doing improv and acting classes for me on terms of that is the way it's it just I think the one thing that acting makes you really do acting classes or improv I think they're great as exercises to be honest in terms of they make you realize you cannot take yourself so seriously and you have to totally be okay with putting yourself out there as a completely different 
character or a different aspect because of the fact that you in that moment, you are not yourself. And mm-hmm. it's it's completely like a different mindset because the fact that obviously we think, oh, I want to at least be at my own, whatever it is. You're like, no, 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 no. You are this character. You are them. And that's it. I had the craziest yes. improv stuff where like, you are a cow. Moo. And that was it. And I was like, precisely. I was like, I have to spiritually tie into this right now. I must understand. There's a lot of cows in Texas, though. So I kind of got the gist. But you know what I mean? You drive anywhere in Texas, it's just cows, bro. So, but like, genuinely is what I, what I felt with it. Yeah. And I, I also think uh, a big challenge that sometimes actors will run into is also getting out of their comfort zone in terms of the way they're speaking. You know how like all bad actors like sound the same in a way they're just kind of like sight reading what they think a, uh, how a line should be delivered. A big, I don't know, tip. I don't even know how big of a tip this is, but I always think it's like really good to watch shows with subtitles because when you watch shows with subtitles, you're seeing how the actor interprets that line. It's like when you're reading a script for the first time, everything can sound a little stiff and, it sounds super and bland. silly in your head. Yeah. But then when you finally see it in per- a person watching two professionals like go at it, you're like, whoa, I never thought about that line being delivered that way. So I always like watching shows with subtitles to not only like help me understand the plot, but to see how that actor took what would be normally a bland line reading and give it some substance. So, well, I'm just know, doing subtitles because little... I'm munching too loud on popcorn, but that that also <laughs> is a great thing. So right, with right. film and acting and content creation, your podcasts and everything, it's a lot to juggle. Do you think that that in a way, if you're comfortable speaking about it, is like something that kind of you had to juggle along with mental health or because we're very big about that here on Amateur Hour. So if that's something that you've come to start talking about or like what do you think is something that do you think what was your biggest I guess struggle or challenge in terms of that um thank you for for asking that's a great question um yeah in terms of juggling I feel like for my mental health sometimes it can be overwhelming but then what I struggle with the the most is I feel like sometimes I'm not doing enough because there are so there's so many creators who are also doing like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm starting a business, or I'm um, I, doing all of these different types of things for your car- career. And sometimes I either don't feel like I'm doing enough, or um, I'm just doing the bare minimum. And I used to just really struggle with that. But lately, I'm just, I want to say the word like it's quietly quitting, but I just have boundaries where I'm just like, I'm not going to overly exert myself to the point where it's going to exhaust me and not make this career fun anymore. So, um, but yeah, I, I usually, I am sometimes I'm like my toughest, uh, critic. I can't, I really don't like watching myself too much just because I don't know, because we know ourselves so much. And so sometimes like I'll be on like TikTok and like a feed of my podcast will come up and immediately I'm, and it's me talking like I'm watching me and I'm just like, oh, get a sh- I do up, that. Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly what this? <laughs> I'm like, just stop talking. Yeah. yeah, like I'm just like, I want to like. I just want to hate myself and it's, but it's what, what we're doing though right now is laughing about it and us agreeing that we both do that. That's great because it, it goes to show we're not alone on, on being that hard on ourselves. So, but that's always a hint of anxiety. And if, when that side of my brain comes in, I'm very like, that person does not define me. Like I like to personify my anxiety, like call my anxiety, Jerry. And I'm just like, shut up, Jerry get out of here. I don't want you because you're the one driving the car most of the time and your anxiety does not define you. Yeah. But yeah, we all have our moments and I'm a huge, I'm always mumbling to myself about like a conversation I had with somebody like a week ago and I'm like, Oh, I should have said that to them. If I just said that I would have went over. And it's to the point where my fiance is like, who are you talking to? And I'm just like myself because sometimes I got to get it out. And I do feel like I need more healthy ways to uh, get that. Stuff it's just off the my debate. Chest. It's the debate team in you. Yeah, yeah. You gotta I get just, it out. I just, yeah, yeah. I want to like 
argue it out, but it's nice to have uh, some releases. I talk to my brother a lot. He's been a really good like person for me to like rant and be uh, silly and stupid with. And also having a therapist is very important as well. Um, and I've been able to find so much clarity. Um, just having someone sane who's talking to you that is not involved in your social life, because that's the toughest thing is about, we have all these deep things inside of us. And then once you share it with your, with a friend that gives you anxiety, cause you're like, I feel like I said too much. I feel like I overshared. Yeah. It's, and it is a recurring just... thing for, and I'm glad to hear in a way because it's, it is the weird thing where you don't want to talk about it, but then once you do, you don't realize how much it can actually help another person to understand that they don't feel alone. So here's me telling you that you are not alone, Matt. Oh, thank you, Denise. And as with you, right back at you. I feel like we I'm talking to alone. myself. I feel like I'm talking to myself when you were saying, I was like, damn. <laughs> I know. And a lot of times we paint these images of everybody else in our life who we think they all have it together because we're in the social media area and everyone's always living like their best life and showing off all of their successes. And that is true that not everybody is like always living at their highs. Everybody has lows. Everyone's struggling with something. And sometimes with that thought, it gives a little bit of peace of mind um, with it. But uh, yeah, that's how that's how I would answer that question. How would you tend to, I guess, um, when you experience your lows, would you feel that you set boundaries for yourself? Or um, is there anything you do to help particularly get you out of a slump? Anything that you think um, might be useful for like other listeners as well going through something similar? I definitely get off my phone, get off my phone and then find a good constructive um, uh, hobby or habit. I have found so much um, release and comfort in knitting. Uh, I've always have been wanting to uh, knit or every time I saw somebody knitting, I was like, I want to do that because it's a productive way to waste your time. Like, cause we sometimes it's, it sucks when like we're watching TV, but then we're like on our phone and then we're like looking at stuff and then we're trying to watch the show and then you miss what's happening. And then you're back on your phone and it's this bad loop. Um, and then you could read a book, but then sometimes reading a book can feel a little cumbersome, but just sitting there mindlessly working on something that matters and taking time for yourself and getting a little bit of enter entertainment, it is the best combination. So, and you're disconnected from your phone. So I found a lot of release not being on my phone whenever I'm in a down uh, time. Um, and then working out, getting sunlight. I think that's really important. Vitamin D and like getting your workouts in for serotonin endorphins are very important. Y'all, I know y'all, y'all have heard me talk about how much I hate the gym, but we're still going. It sucks, but we're doing it just fine. It's there's, I talked about this today, actually, with somebody this there is a right kind of exercise for everyone. Is there, a, what, do you just go to the gym and like just pump weights or do you have like a specific exercise that you do? So for years, yeah, I've been just going to the gym and pumping weights, but I am not, uh, I'm not committing enough to cardio. So now I really am committing to cardio, uh, just because I've always been in this weird flux with like my body where I'm naturally super, super skinny. So I'm just always trying to like pump it and give it muscles. But then if I do too much cardio, I get like too thin and I just mm. feel like, a, like, a, like a scrawny kid again. And I know everybody has different issues with their body and everything but that's what i'm always struggling with but then i'm realizing oh my gosh my heart i need to be um i don't know getting it strong and i'm very proud i've quit nicotine and it's been a game changer for me because my lungs are are like the strongest they've ever been in years because i was like addicted to vaping all the time and now i'm like <gasps> i can breathe again i'm like let's put this machine to work i want to see how far it can go but I say that. But then again, who knows? Tomorrow, I may be like, I don't want to go run. I'm not going to uh, go. But, congratulations. <laughs> That's a very big step to make. It's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard. The first two weeks um, were the toughest. I, I felt like I was like losing my mind. Uh, but now, I like don't really have any cravings anymore. Um, but it's just sometimes the temptation where like your friends will be near and they're just like puffing away. And you're like, ugh. It is. It is. Then, it's. I but then it's great how much money I've saved because I was like buying like three vapes a week. Like, mm -hmm. like what? Eh, 
I and so I'm like I'm saying I sometimes I'll just go to my calculator to see how much money I've saved. I'm like that's enough to make me not want to. Oh, I did that with coffee anymore. for a while. I did that when I stopped going out and buying coffee. The amount of money I saved was ridiculous. I was like, you're joking. I was not spending this much money, but I was like, I actually was. It was kind of disgusting because I was genuinely going this time around. Where did all of my funds go that I saved up? I'm like, I, I understand I'm 21 years old. I sh- like being broke is kind of a given, but I was like, I shouldn't be this broke. So I like took the time to like spreadsheet all my stuff. And then I was like, coffee expense was way, it was like more than my like transportation. And I was like, this is disgusting. Oh yeah. Coffee, Just little coffee will cost. Yeah. I know. I keep getting like these TikToks that are like, there's a recession coming. Stop buying coffee. Like, stop <laughs> buying unnecessary purchases. And I'm just like, well, glad I'm not buying coffee. But I need to find out what my coffee is. Like, I lately I haven't been like compulsively spending as much. I just sometimes I get into hobbies and then I go like fully. I also <laughs> do that. On. I did that with um beading for a while. That was my um stress reliever when I was doing my thing. Like when I would get down like beading bracelets. Oh, beading. Mm-hmm. Oh, like making a bracelet. Yeah. I thought you were like... <laughs> I get that a lot, though. I think I'm just bad at pronunciation. Beading, like the bracelets and the necklaces and stuff. So that's what I would do for my time. And then I got really into it. And I spent like a good amount of money on just beads from this, this random factory somewhere. And then I had them all. And I had them all shipped to Korea. And then when I moved back to America, I had them all shipped back to America. And I had them all beautifully organized. And then in the ship whenever they're getting shipped over they all spilled and i opened that box and i have not fixed it to the states a nightmare i want to cry every time i look at it oh no that's oh that's the worst so i haven't uh, been in a long I'm, time because i'm afraid to open that box i you know i'm kind of in a similar way where so every uh every hall i i like to do tiny villages i just did one for uh halloween i have like a little spooky village and then i make a christmas village but like I bought I have I own too many things and every time I look at it, I'm like this is too much work so I'll just like leave it out it's done but there's always like more things I can be doing but I'm just like I don't I don't want to look at it I don't want to look at it and then some stuff I'm like I need to resell but then I'm like I'm not going to resell right now because right now the price is at the lowest right after Halloween um and then I have a now I mean I've been kind I've become I've been becoming a bit of a game gamer boy lately I just built a PC. I got like this nice monitor. I'm playing games on Steam. I'm not streaming yet. I plan to, but I'm just I I'm just on Steam all the time. And I'm like, there's so many video games in this world. Like, what do I need to buy? What's the cool thing to to be playing? But it's it's fun. Hobbies are fun. Hobbies are good. I think everyone should have a good hobby. I think it's a good way for us to uh, relax and re- unwind. I think once our hobbies become work, then it becomes very stressful. But you can always like find new hobbies and find things to enjoy. And I think that's something that's very important for everyone, all listeners to know that you're not alone and that you can always find something that you enjoy. And it's important to find the things that you enjoy in life, which I think is great. Just give it a shot. Try it. Even if it doesn't work out, eh, move on to the next thing. Yeah, there's like, so much I more to do. Like I wanted to sail for the longest time. I was like going to sign up for sailing classes. I was so set on this. And then I went on a uh, one sailing like experience and I realized I hate this. I don't <sighs> do this at all. And I'm so glad I did it. I, I'm so glad I gave it a shot. And I'm so happy I said, you know what? This is not for me. And it, that is okay. It, yeah, it's but totally okay. Give things a little test run before you fully invest commit in classes yeah, yeah precisely and that's great though but it was so great talking to you today matt thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and everything that you are able to share with our listeners here on the amateur hour podcast it was such a great time meeting you and getting to know you more denise thank you so much i consider us now friends i hope to visit uh korea soon if i ever do you got to show me around and tell me all of the good course i must and if you're ever in Texas, but if you ever find yourself in the Dallas area and we happen to be there at the same time, let me know as well. Do you have anything that you want to share with our listeners, Matt, before you go? Any projects you've been working on, upcoming things that you have? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I have three podcasts. I have uh, Hoot and Half with Matt King, which is on you know Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, and YouTube. And we have good influences as well um, with me and three other friends. And that's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and then also Zane and Heath Unfiltered. And also go follow me on Instagram, have me on Snapchat, Matt R. King. 
And um, I'm going to be, be posting a lot more TikTok. So check me out on TikTok as well. But yeah, that's it. Be sure to show them a lot of love. Thank you so much, Matt, for being on. Thank you guys very, very much. That was Matt King. Thank you so much for being on Amateur Hour. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have him on. I feel that talking to him, especially about public speaking and debate and just growing up in Texas in general, really made me feel almost at home, especially since I've been a little lonely out here in Seoul. So it's nice to have a little bit of Southern hospitality, even though it's through a screen. But I think that I really learned a lot from our conversation where I, for the first time in a while, realized that we all do kind of go through the same thing. And um, for him to be able to open up and touch on the fact of being another fellow content creator and feeling that he needs to take a step back from social media sometimes, I feel that I really related and resonated with that. And that's something that I think that I'll think about a little more in terms of me also being able to hopefully open up more because I am a bit of a, I am kind of a private person. And I want to be able though to open up and explore more about myself with you guys so that you know that you're not alone too. So that's something I really feel that I'm walking away with this conversation with Matt and I'm super grateful to have been able to talk to him about these things. For our song breakdown today, it is not only going to be a song breakdown, it is going to be a full album breakdown because All Hail the Queen Taylor Swift just came out with her album, which came out a little bit ago, but I finally took the time to sit down and listen through to the whole masterpiece that is Midnight's. And she not only released Midnight's, but she released Midnight's, the 3 a.m. edition, which is crazy because she just, where, who else is out here doing it like her? I'm telling you, these songs from top to bottom are phenomenal. It's just, I just want to start with saying that her as an artist, the discovery and process that she's gone through from from the first song I ever heard by her, which was Teardrops on My Guitar, is crazy. I feel that she is genuinely one of the queens of pop currently and has been for a while because you've definitely seen, if you listen through her discography, how she went from a country girl or like singing more country to slowly developing into honestly finding what is being one of the biggest women in pop. And Taylor Swift, I think lyrically, she is one of the most genius people out there to exist. Her songs, Antihero, Personally Vigilante Shit is my, is it's there for me. Like I don't get sad yet even. Guys, I don't know what you're going through right now, but don't be sad yet even. This album, the genre jumps in between and how I feel like she's really come into her era of making the music that she really wants to from making her Taylor's version version of her old albums to now this being I believe if I'm not incorrect the first album that she has made with just her just being her artist and I think that that's such an amazing thing to see because I remember when she first released her Taylor's version of songs I thought it was just the most amazing thing that she was doing because of the fact that that is such a real issue and process that artists go through in terms of having the music side and the business side of music not really kind of coming to mix because it is someone's artistry and work and that sometimes gets a little undermined sometimes from my perspective to be honest and that is something that I feel that she took the power back in and it's so amazing to see someone do that because it really gives other upcoming artists like me it gives me I feel like I have a fighting chance because I've had to deal with a lot of business aspects because of coming out with my EP recently and doing that all on my own has been so honestly taxing and hard on me so to see an artist as astonishing as Taylor Swift be able to do those things really kind of paves the way I actually had a thing where I one time released actually technically my first EP ever which was called Divine back in 20 I believe 18 2017 or 2018 I believe I believe it was 2018, but I wrote that about a, the first breakup I really ever went through where I really like, it was the first real relationship I had. I released that EP. These were all songs about him. And from there, I proceeded to hold a concert in, in Houston, my hometown, to which he and his family were there to support, um, even though we were broken up. And I basically sang these songs and I had my Taylor Swift moment, I think, it was very interesting for me, but it was very cathartic. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
there was a very interesting aftermath to it, but I definitely got out all the feelings that I needed to get out. So I feel that Taylor Swift doing that is very brave of her because I feel that one thing that we can really do is with musicians, you can really feel that their music is really a peek into their diary and it's their life. So I feel that Taylor Swift does such a great job articulating that. So go listen to this album, you guys, if you haven't already. Go listen to Midnight's by Taylor Swift. With everything that we talked about with Matt today, I really feel that for this Honesty Hour, I want to talk about how important communication is. Talking about debate and public speaking, I think the most important thing that really comes from it is being able to communicate clearly what you're feeling or what you're trying to say, which is surprisingly a lot harder than you would think that it is. And we kind of go through daily life just kind of muttering or mumbling whatever it is that comes to mind without much thought sometimes. And we say a lot of things passively, but trying to be clear and concise about what we mean and what we want to say is something that I struggle with a lot in terms of I am a recovering people pleaser. And that's something that I realized. And from the Taylor Swift album, actually, the lyrics where she says, hi, it's me, I'm the problem. It's me. It, that's I genuinely felt that on a personal level. But, but then I realized that I'm the problem in a sense where I make myself the problem in terms of people pleasing. And I realized I was not good at conveying what I wanted to say ever because I wasn't sure if I would be heard. But once again, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So if you're not willing to at least try to convey what you want to say, it will never be heard. And at that point, once you do try to speak up, it's very hard to get your foot through the door. So setting boundaries in a way it is because of the fact that you're speaking clearly what you expect or want or don't want. And that can be in relationships with people, with friends, with family, with um, romantic interests, whoever it is. Honestly, boundaries are just so important. And the way that you can set boundaries is also by actions, but more clearly through words, because words, I think we don't pretend to realize how much weight words can really have. That's why I think songs hit us so hard because the lyrics are saying something that we could never really say out loud and we can't vocalize them as well. But I think communication is so important where for my honesty hour, I wanted to make my goal staying true to my own word in terms of communicating to others. I've been working on communicating to others what it is that I want or more importantly, what I don't want. And... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. With that, I also want to communicate with myself. Hey, Denise, I don't like it when we're treated like this by other people. Or hey, Denise, I don't like it when you treat yourself like this. And communicating that to myself made it a lot easier for me to communicate to other people what it is because of the fact that I realized you really only accept the treatment that you think you deserve. And I realized I was willing to accept any treatment because of the fact that I didn't treat myself that great. So communicating to myself was very important that I wondered why I felt so terrible all the time was because of the fact that I kind of made myself feel terrible and there was no one else to blame but me. But that came from a lot of um, learned traits or whatever it was growing up. Everyone has their own things. But for me, I learned it was very much I struggle with communication and saying what I mean. So I'm trying to learn more about myself and figuring out what it is I actually want to say, whether I'm on a mic, whether I'm just talking to someone or whether I'm just ordering coffee, you know? Because sometimes I would go to the coffee stand. I would say that I wanted something. They would repeat it back to me. It would not be what I wanted, but I didn't know how to correct them. So I would just be like, yes, I'll take that. And it wouldn't be what I wanted. And I would still pay for it. But we're changing. We've changed. So I say something. He says the wrong thing. I'll say it. I'll say it again. Like, no, 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 I don't want that. I want this one. Get your money's worth. Make sure that you're saying what you want and getting what you want in that way. And at that point, If they do not understand what you're trying to say, even though you have clearly communicated yourself, it's just not the place for you. You're just, it doesn't mean it's anyone's fault. It just means that you don't, it's not working. 
I'm trying to journal a lot more and kind of dig deep and find the inner communication where I want to know what's going on and what it is that I want and like and don't like and why it is that I feel that I don't deserve to be treated well when in reality I realize I do. All right, what an episode. We talked about so many different things. We covered the new Taylor Swift album. We got to talk to Matt, which was absolutely wonderful. I hope all y'all enjoyed that. And especially if any of y'all are from Texas, I just realized I have said y'all twice or three times now. And it is no regret, honestly. I'm pretty sure Matt would um, urge me on on that. So y'all just got to take y'all just got to take it as it is. So if we have any Texans, be sure to <laughs> let us know and tweet at us or talk to us. Or if you're from anywhere else, then let us know, too. It was super fun to be able to chat with him and then also just talk about what's been going on in my life and reflect on a lot of things that I've been learning in these past months. It is now the right month of November and I was so excited for October October to be over. And I'm very glad it is. So far, November has been okay. I'm just praying that it'll be kind to me. And I hope November is very kind to you guys as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to follow me on all my social medias at Denise Kim Says or on my YouTube SoundCloud at Denise Kim Sings. I'm currently working on my EP and I'm super excited to uh, announce the date whenever it comes out. But for now, we're shooting for late December. So be on the lookout for that. And hopefully I'll be more active on my YouTube channels. But be sure to leave this podcast in the time being a five-star review and also to just stream it wherever you can. We upload bi-weekly and I'm super excited to always put out more stuff for you guys and communicate with y'all. So thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys are doing well. Stay blessed. Bye. I say thank you for tuning in I hope you enjoyed listening I'm afraid it's time to go But I'll see you in the next episode If I could, I'd give you flowers But for now, this has been Amateur Hour